You're listening to the Wax Pack Hero Sports Card Minute, a podcast where we discuss both the hobby and business sides of collecting. I'm your host, Mike Summer, and I want to help you buy, sell, and trade your way into a collection you'll love. Hello, everybody, and thanks for tuning into the show. Well, for the last couple months, you've heard me talking about underdog collectibles and the new site that they started where they're breaking, where they sell online, the Facebook community that they started. And so I thought it'd be a good idea today to bring on Scott and Matt, the two men behind that, to go into a little more detail about their collecting backgrounds and the origin of underdog collectibles. And so that is the interview that I've got for you today, and we're going to go ahead and get started. All right, everybody, today I've got another interview for you with a couple of guys who are the men behind Underdog Collectibles, Matt Cook and Scott Daniel. Uh, Underdog Collectibles is one of our sponsors, and I thought it would be a good idea to talk with them a little bit more about their site, their collecting background, what they collect now, and kind of what prompted them to start Underdog Collectibles. And so welcome to the show, Scott and Matt. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Maybe we can just get started a little bit by talking about both of your collecting backgrounds. I'll go ahead and steal that one first. Background was, like so many of us, late 80s, early 90s, started collecting. Had the, the great fortune of 13 getting a job at a, at a local card shop where I spent way too much time. Continued that for a few years. Then as college rolled around, faded out. I... 2006 was what brought me back into it as I, I was in school at the University of Memphis and D'Angelo Williams came out of the draft. That that was enough to make me think of cards again. Someone new to follow and chase and I was able to sneak back in right before that, that last bubble for, from the extreme 2006 class. And since then, I've really continued a few different ways and I've bounced around. I, my Mark McGuire collection, I've gotten back into that hard and heavy. I, I'm probably sitting around 150 on card autos of Mark McGuire. Anybody from the University of Memphis comes out, I, I, I chase hard and heavy. I, I, I probably have the, the most extreme University of Memphis Paxton Lynch collection that no, no one is competing with me for, but, but I've got it. It's a small fraternity, really. <laughs> there you go. So the University of Memphis and Mark McGuire, my two PC passions right now. Okay. How about you, Scott? Yeah, for me, you know, it's funny. Matt and I met actually working in the card shop that um, he mentioned, um, both, you know, probably violating some level of child labor laws. But I think we were in the card shop so much that it was just more practical for him to pay us and at least have us do something than just hanging in there, all, hanging around there all the time. Um, you know, and much like Matt, I, I collected heavy in the 80s and 90s, paid for my first car flipping 92 Bowman on bulletin board systems that our boss um, would let us use. Wow. And, um, you know, collected through probably the mid mid to late 90s, fell out much like Matt did. You know, my passion was really sports memorabilia as I, as I got into like late college. And I probably collected that in a very passive way for the last, you know, 20 years, but, um, really got back into the card side of it and, um, the memorabilia side of it heavy 
in 2014. One of my good friends from my professional career, he had moved to Chicago. I was in Chicago on business. And he's like, man, let's go to the national together. And um, around the same time, Matt and I had reconnected in like a Facebook, one of the emerging Facebook hobby groups at the time. He and I had been chatting. And so then the next year, the three of us met up at the national, hung out, and um, did a, you know we kind of did a couple nationals together, and then by I guess it was 2018 we had like hit the idea around enough that by the next year May of last year we're like hey why not we're we're enjoying the hobby side of it um, let's see if we can enjoy the business side of it and um, how how the two will work together and that's really what we've been on the path of frankly for the last nine to twelve you know twelve months. I mean, it's interesting. We both collect very different things and approach collecting in very different ways. So what, what do you collect right now, Scott? You know, you know, Matt enjoys um, teasing me about it, but I mean, I kind of have a wide menagerie of things I collect. I'm working on a 1987 tops autograph set of the hall of famers from that set. And I'm wanting them all PSA graded. So that's one thing I collect autographs, sports illustrateds, um, I have a really hard time passing up Joey Votto serial numbered cards. Um, gosh, I don't even know, man. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a quite a diverse set of items, but you know, memorabilia is the big thing. Um, I, I love autoed stuff, especially of the players that I was, that I was, you know, a fan of or that my dad was a fan of that, you know, kind of fueled my love of sports. So you had mentioned that about nine to 12 months ago is when you started to focus on maybe trying to do some business card business together. Is that the origin of the site? Did you start um, underdog collectibles at that point or were you doing something different as you got started? You know, um, you know, for us starting the site, Matt was in the, on the business side of it, you know, as a hobbyist for probably the last 10 years. Um, and I had bounced ideas off him. I probably roped him in to elevating it. And he's been kind of become or has been the brains of it, really. The, the, the site, we started the site with the goal of actually trying to host a regional card show. And so, you know, initially uh, the, our brand name was Underdog Events and Collectibles. And um, I had convinced uh, Matt that the best way to start building our brand, it was to offer a regional card show that, you know, regional shows in the South had kind of faded away. The closest show being Chantilly in Virginia and then the Nashville card show, which was a really successful show about two and a half hours East of us. Um, and we thought like, okay, let's, I convinced Matt to let's do this show. Um, unfortunately that turned out to be a really bad idea. And, but it really did force us to have the infrastructure that's allowed us to pivot and evolve to the hobby focused site we have now. Um, so that's really how it was born. But I mean, our goal was to carve out a space in the hobby. And the question was, how could we do that? The, the, put, the, the introduction of the, of the business was definitely as a show, but that turned out to be a short-lived um, venture that cost us a little bit of money, but had, did force us to build the infrastructure that allows us to operate today. So you also, you offer breaks on the site. You also offer some singles on the site you advertise or market yourself as an online card shop. Do you, how much focus do you put on breaks versus creating a market for singles? And do you sell as underdog collectibles 
on places other than your own website? Yeah, we, um, you'll find us on eBay. And actually, Matt really, I mean, how we funded this venture was really the part of the business that Matt was operating for us out of the gate, which was our eBay site. And that's where you'll still find the majority of our singles. And um, we'll put some, you know, you know, unique premium singles on our website. Um, but really from a reach standpoint, eBay has been a better way for us to handle our singles business. Now we hope that that could evolve. Whereas we found breaking as the most effective way to build our community. And, and you know, the, the growth on that, I mean, if you look at our numbers over the last three months, I mean, when we really, really started dialing up our breaking side of our business, that that's what's really allowed us to kind of transform our community. But it's the work that Matt did over eBay um, for the previous nine months that allowed us to do that. And so that's really how we've evolved to the site. And admittedly, I think our business model is a bit of trial and error, but you know, the, the breaking side of it has exceeded our expectations. I mean, our problem right now is in our fan base and we've got this awesome group of underdogs that support us more than we could even expect. And we can't think of enough for, I think what we're trying to do is get the right product mix and the right assortment to keep them um, happy and engaged, frankly. Um, but the single side of the business, I mean, I don't even know, Matt, how many we have up right now on eBay, but we have a pretty vibrant single side on our eBay store. Yeah, now I'm going to follow that up slightly. I, we, we've kind of, it's no surprise, run into the, the time problem. Whenever we try to divide out and, and do multiple things, we usually tend to accomplish nothing. If we try to do a lot of singles, think about doing a show, worry about breaking, trying to get wax available, we accomplish about nothing. We, we have to find that one focus and stay there with the limited amount of time that we've got to dedicate to it. So far, the breaking's done extremely well in that regard. And for me, it's a lot more fun inside of it because we're getting to interact with people. Frankly, I would rather if we could sit and do that face-to-face somewhere because I'm not a technology lover. I, I have not adopted adopted the the zoom revolution we're in the middle of i'd much rather sit down at a table and talk to you about it the breaking is allowing us to to meet new people interact with them and just enjoy it where buying and selling the singles not near the level of fun and enjoyment and and relaxing end of it so as you got up and running and started to grow you know you've talked about a couple of the different angles that you've taken um, attempted and tried the running a uh, in-person physical card show, promoting a card show. You talked about um, the, the piece of breaking that you do, the piece of singles that you do. As you got started together, what approach or strategy has worked best for you to continue to grow, to, to continue to find the niche and the angle that, that you want to take? To me, I think what allows us to to make it work. One of the, I mean, you know, when you have a day job that you both love and you also have a hobby you love, finding a way to divide and conquer is really critical. I think what's helped Matt and I, and this is, you know, born of our personalities and probably the hobby we grew up in back when we were working at Mike's card shop was really that we have different skills. You know, Matt knows the business side of the hobby and the product side of the hobby incredibly well. Um, because of my day job in marketing and sales, um, I know the technology side and I'm and the parts that I don't know, especially on the production side, we're really trying to become more educated about. 
so we can have more fun with our fans. Um, so that to me has been the big value. If we both, if we were both coming from at it from a marketing standpoint, or we were both coming at it from a pure hobby business standpoint, I don't think it would work. But the fact that Matt's so good at the business side of the hobby, I ha- I've handled a lot of the technology and then we both enjoy it, right? We do it for fun. If we were, you know, right now we're not trying to pay light bills with what we're doing. So, you know, between this really good division of labor and passion for the hobby, I think it's able to hopefully come through for our fans. You know, it's not a grind. It's something that we can get out of work and get online and do a few nights a week. And then, you know, we'll be on the phone together trading text messages about, Hey, should we try this? Hey, did you notice this didn't work well? Hey, we made a colossal screw up here. I mean, you, you were on with us one night when we had like really our worst night of breaking in the last three months when our technology was just like failing us on every end. But, you know, it's a good reminder to us that, hey, we're having fun. And if it doesn't, if it's not fun, we probably won't be as good at the business side anyway. Sure. And so um, that's the way we treat it. And, you know, I really don't try to tell if, if it comes down to a business issue on what products we should carry, I tend to defer to Matt. And when I say, hey, Matt, I want to do this to try to reach new consumers or make our current consumers happy, he tends to give me the, the tiebreaker, you know? Yeah, it's, it seems like whenever you're trying to, to grow something new, um, trial and error is just going to be a part of it, right? Experimenting with different strategies, different approaches. And I've had the same thing with Waxpack Hero, um, both the, the blog and the podcast. And we, we try new things and we learn and we grow along the way. You talked about the um, the show promotion being something that didn't work out quite as intended. Have there been other challenges along the way that have forced you to grow and adapt? Well, I'll go with our, our first go at breaking. That did not play out well financially and was not well put together. We were breaking as we received product, as we were able to get it at a price point that we could price it reasonably for people and without a steady supply, the, the results were absolutely all over the place there. It, multiple times we tried eBay auctions and I, heck there was one case we probably sold for a quarter of what we paid for it, which, which isn't what you want to be doing in the, in the current environment. Sure. Spend a couple thousand on a case and auction it off for 500. Right. Yeah. That would be, that would be a challenge to see that that would be the one of the most challenging aspects to being a new breaker in my opinion is knowing the best way to get your spots marketed so that they fill in a timely manner and give you enough uh, margin to be able to to cover your costs and make a little bit extra I, I definitely see that being being a challenge one of the things that you guys both mentioned a little bit already is is balance and you talked about balance within both underdog as well as balance with the rest of your life. And for me, that's one of the questions I get the most as well is how do you find time to do this? And so I was just curious if you had any insight on how you go about balancing your responsibilities with your day jobs, with your family and with underdog. Yeah, that is a, um, it is a challenge. I mean, I, again, I go back to the, the fun part. I think the thing for both of us is our goal in starting this was interest in the hobby and curiosity really about how we can find this, this balance between 
enjoying the hobby, but also maybe making a little money that frankly at the time was to fund our hobby. Um, you know, for me, I, I, I have a, I have a demanding day job. I also coach football in the fall and coach baseball in the, in the spring. Um, the, 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 where I'm really fortunate is that I have a wife that, Hey, she knows that three nights a week after the kids are in bed, I'm going to be going into the underdog, you know, underdog office with Matt and we're going to be doing what we do. Um, you know, it's a, but you do have to be disciplined about it. Um, I tend to do a couple underdog things usually very early in the morning. First thing when I get up before I go to work and then we tend to have, you know, siloed time in the evenings, usually around our break, we'll usually come in a bit ahead of our break. We'll go over our buyer list. Um, we'll plan our breaks for the next, the next session or the next week, or maybe even be looking out over a month. And then Matt will be doing work behind the scenes on really looking at the release calendar and saying, okay, what products do we have to get? Where are we going to get them from? And then um, how are we going to execute those in the market? Um, but it, it's a, it's a challenge, but you do have to, um, you do have to be really communicative with each other and you do have to be disciplined how you, how you allocate your time. Um, the cool thing is, again, if you do what you love, I think you have a much better chance of pulling it off. Whereas again, if this was something we were doing, if we had gone out and hung a shingle on a card shop and we were depending on that to, you know, keep food on the table, it would feel a, a heck of a lot different. I think. As a sole proprietor, it, it is, critical for me to make sure what I schedule on those following days. I, I don't know how Scott's surviving, uh, keeping me up all night. And then he's back at it early. It, it, it wipes me out. So scheduling is most certainly a critical aspect of it. And I really think that the passion and the joy of it is probably at this point, the, what drives it without that, I mean, the, the money most certainly isn't something that would, drive the amount of time and effort that goes into it. How about from a goal setting perspective? I know personally, just for the, even the motivational aspect alone, I like to set both short term and some longer term goals for the site and for the podcast. Do you have any short term or long term goals for underdog that you'd like to share? You know, it, it, it's funny, you know, we, um, we set monthly goals and, and we started doing that three months ago when we really, when we relaunched our website and then um, dialed up kind of the, the current breaking schedule and, and product assortment we have now, it started with month with monthly goals. And um, you know, if you were to, to read a business book, they would tell you, okay, what's your, your three year LRP or your five year LRP, right? A long range plan. We have not done that. Um, we have set a goal month to month with a goal that we had set a year ago, which is, okay, if we break even doing this and enjoy it, that feels like a lot of fun, right? Uh, you know, we, we hang out with each other. We enjoy hanging out with each other. Um, and if we're breaking even or making a little money that allows us to enjoy the hobby, that was the initial goal. And now, you know, we get to a place where we are starting to have conversations about, okay, how many five-star reviews do we want on Google this week? Or, how many orders do we want to, you know, have, or what's the goal for our Facebook community? You know, we're at a little over 900 members right now. What will it take to get to a thousand? But those are always, they seem to be attainable and um, it allows us to stay focused back to what Matt was saying. It allows us to stay focused on what we think is most effective. Like right now, 
it seems like the best way to, bro to grow our brand is to offer fun, price point accessible breaks that people can hop, on, hop into a few nights a week. They know we're going to be there. They can count on us doing it. They know that we're not going to be putting up a, you know, a $10,000 case break. They're going to be able to hang out with us for an hour to two hours. Um, we're going to talk to them about sports and cards. They're going to get, you know, their cards within three to four days of when we break them. And um, that seemed to work really well for us. I mean, we crossed a thousand orders a couple of weeks ago. We'll be at 1500 orders this week. And I mean, our expectations have been far, our expectations every month for the last three have been exceeded. And I think it speaks back to that focus that Matt uh, mentioned a few minutes ago, you know? That's great. What, what's something else or what other things do you want the listeners and potential customers out there to know about underdog? Well, you know, when we talk about being a shop for collectors by collectors, um, you know, we were lucky that we grew up in a hobby in a shop that it was a community. I mean, we would hang out. I mean, Matt and I can still name to you the guys that we hung out with and sold cards to 25 years ago. And that was because they were cool guys that we enjoyed talking to about sports. And um, to me, I think that that's, what we want to have. We don't want it to feel, if it starts feeling like a transaction to our, to our, 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 our underdogs, then that's, that's probably not where we're going to be happy and we're not going to probably be creating the, the experience we want them to have. Um, and, and that's where we spend our time right now because I think the hobby, one, one of the risks that we, we all own in the hobby, and I think you've talked about this, um, if every collector is treating it like a week-to-week -week investment, um, it's probably not going to be as enjoyable because, you know, when we think about our personal investments, that becomes stress. And um, what we hope we have is that it's a, it's a card shop, right? It's a card shop that you hang out with us on YouTube or Facebook or Periscope, and, you know, it's, it's fun. And um, it, the, the financial part of it is you're paying for that experience. And some nights you're going to get a great card, and other nights – you're not, but maybe you hung out and met a new collector, or maybe you, you've connected with Matt on something he collects or connected with me on something I collect. And um, that's the spirit we have. And um, that's why, you know, we partnered with you pretty early on is that, you know, you're, you're kind of educating your listeners on how to have fun in the hobby, but also how you can maybe make a little money along the way. Um, that's what we're trying to do. It should feel like a shop and, and a place to go and hang out with people that you can relate to. Great. Well, where can people follow along with Underdog and where do they need to go if they want to hop in on some breaks? Well, you know, we're, we're, all, over, um, we're all over social media. We're most active on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, admittedly, we, we, you know, hang out with those in those areas for different reasons. But then our website, everything we sell is through www.udogcollect or if you um, look up Udog Collect on eBay. And um, that, that's the best place to find us. We break um, three nights a week, every Sunday, Tuesday, and Thursday at 9 p.m. Eastern. And um, it, we think it's a fun place to, to, to come. We've got a really fun group of collectors that it's funny. I mean, you, gotta, you can join us on YouTube or Facebook, and you will see about 60 or so of the same people um, every night. And we wouldn't be here without them but we also think they're pretty fun to, to hang out with. 
Thank you both for joining me today. I appreciate hearing a little bit more about the site and, and it's just enjoyable for me to hear about somebody who is taking their passion and starting a business with it in hopes to be able to share that passion with others and make the hobby more enjoyable. So thanks again for coming on the show. Well, thank you. No, thank you, Mike. We enjoyed it. Well, I hope you enjoyed getting to know Matt and Scott a little bit more from Underdog Collectibles this week. And as a thank you to all of my listeners, they wanted to offer an exclusive 10% discount code that you can use on one single purchase. Just use the code WAXPACK before June 30th. Visit them at udogcollect.com and remember to always bet on the underdog. I would also appreciate it if you could do me a favor and rate and review the podcast on your podcast app of choice. And don't forget to follow me on Twitter at TheMikeSummer, on TikTok at WaxPackHero, and you can also get a hold of me by email at WaxPackHero at gmail.com. I would also love it if you checked out the Hobby Hotline, the live call-in show that we've got on Saturday mornings and on Monday evenings where the listeners get to call in and talk with several of us podcast hosts about whatever hobby topic is on their mind. That's all I've got for you today. Thanks, and I'll catch you next time.